I know your story. I've read it cover to cover. And I know the storms that will come. The waves will swell and the sky will darken. Though you'll fight against the current, you'll be swept away. You'll feel helpless and abandoned, and you'll wonder where I am in the midst of it all. I know this isn't the way you thought our relationship would work, but my plans are not for my comfort or yours. My purposes are always and only an expression of love. The scars in my hands are proof that love will sometimes lead you directly into the storm. Though you can't understand my plans, you can trust in one thing, that I am entirely good. You can't even imagine how good I am, and my plan for you is no different. When you shout asking where I am, know that I am right behind you, with my arms wrapped tightly around you, whispering, I will never let go. For you are the pinnacle of my creation in the center of my affection. There will come a day when I will quiet every storm and wipe away every tear. In that day, there will be no more pain or death. But until that day comes, I will be your anchor in this storm. Welcome to Belong Church. I'm so glad you're here with us this morning, and we are now heading into week three of 21 Days of Prayer, and I don't know about you, but it's it's been wearing on my body some, particularly um, we got some other stuff going on after we have 21 Days of Prayer, so oftentimes it's even eight o'clock when we're still going on with stuff, but it is also really, really rewarding. And I love being able to see the different pushback that happens and the, the actual events that go on and see God come through. So I hope you're having the same experience. I just want to encourage you to stay plugged in. And you can go. We're going to be continuing with Church of the Highlands this week again. And so you will be able to see it live on our YouTube channel. And then you'll also be able to go onto our website and see right there, there's a link that's right to Church of the Highlands prayer for this period of time. So it's right there. And Facebook, it's got a post that's coming out letting you know at exactly 6 o'clock. And the only difference that is on Saturday is at 9 a.m. instead of 8 to sync up with their time frames. Well, this morning's message... I want to bring up a, a scripture, and if you'll recall, if you've been following us for a few, um, for a while, I'll say, um, we've transitioned instead of having the big TV back over here and being able to point to the words and different things or having the lower third that goes with the words back and forth, we're, we're doing a different storytelling kind of um, presentation, if you will. So you're just going to see the reference and the version that we're going with. So if you have your Bible, you may want to pull it out because we're not going to be like laying it out there. But I'm giving you the reference if you want to go back and check me, but I'm literally reading directly from the Word of God. But I want it to be more of a storytelling and more of a you understand everything that is the story and not so much as following along unless that's something you'd like to. So we're looking at a story that we actually looked at not very long ago. 
And as we're using a green screen now um, for our background, Michael was so tempted to, to bring up a background that has to do with a storm on the Sea of Galilee. But um, it's the story that we talked about with the big storm and then the, the, the great miracles that happened on the other side. And we're going to look at it from two different perspectives because Matthew and Mark both bring up this perspective and their telling of it. So in Mark chapter 4, starting verse 35, when evening came, Jesus came to his disciples and said, let's go over to the other side of the lake. Let me just stop right there. Jesus's words to them, and you may recall me telling this story, but Jesus's words is saying, we're going to the other side. And, and, and I believe that Jesus probably knew what was coming, but you know, I don't think much caught Jesus off guard. But we don't know that. It's not, it's not um, given to us in this um, telling, but I believe that Jesus knew all things. And, and as he said this, we're going over to the other side. That should have been enough for them to say, hey, no matter what comes our way, it's going to work out because God has given me a word. Jesus in the flesh has given me a word. But here we see Jesus says, let's go to the other side. So then they left the crowd behind and, and they took him along in the boat just as he was. And there was also other boats with them. And then, verse 37, a wild storm came up, and waves crashed over the boat, and it was about to sink. And Jesus was in the back, sleeping on a cushion, and the disciples woke him up, saying, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? So, you know, we're facing storms very often in our lives. Certainly the coronavirus and COVID-19 and the uprising and the rioting and all of the racial tensions and everything. There's storms that are going on all around us. And we're not immune to storms either. But we see here that there was a physical storm. There is no doubt that that is a legitimate storm that came up, and it is terrible, that it is tossing, and this, they said a wild storm. Now, again, you may have heard me tell this story, but these are fishermen. These are guys that were raised on the lake, raised on the water, raised going out there, and undoubtedly they've been through some terrible stormy seas. But for them to be so concerned that they went and woke up Jesus and said, don't you care if we drown? See, we may face physical storms, but the disciples took that physical storm to another level. See, it wasn't just, hey, Jesus, it's getting scary out here. They took it to another level, and that is mental. See, it wasn't just storming on the outside for them. That storm got on the inside. And we're going to look at, there's one storm, but there's actually three storms. Now, jumping over to Matthew's telling of this, Jesus replies after they woke him up. He goes, your faith is so small. Why are you so afraid? Then Jesus got up and answered the winds and ordered them, to, them and the waves to stop, and it became completely calm and the disciples were amazed and they asked what kind of man is this even the winds and the waves obey him now it's interesting because jesus says this was a faith problem 
Now, I think if you're like me, if I'm putting myself in the Bible, if I'm putting myself in the boat, and I don't like boats, I don't like water, so I wouldn't want to put myself in this particular story in the Bible, because I can tell you I'd be the first one going, Jesus, I'm going to die. But if we put ourselves there, it would be real easy just to see that there's a physical storm going on here. And maybe direct our questions to God and to Jesus and say, why are you saying this is a faith issue? This is a storm issue. But you see, faith, if you'll recall, we've looked at the actual literal meanings of the words, and it means to be persuaded or convinced. And Jesus was literally saying, your being convinced is so small to the things of God. You're being persuaded. See, this external storm persuaded you back towards the world's way and not to the word that says we're going to the other side. When you kind of frame it in that point of view, it's a completely different perspective. Jesus said, this is a faith issue. But then what was their next response? What kind of man is this? Time out. These are the disciples. These are the ones handpicked by Jesus. These are the ones that were there all along. Every miracle that happened, if you're with us for 21 days of prayer this past week on Wednesday, we actually looked at the, the thought of what it would be like to be put in the Bible. If we were to putting ourselves in that spot, that they had gone for 10 generations, for 400 years, without any expression of a man of God. They'd never had anything. They'd not seen anything. So if they got a problem, they got a sickness, they got a disease, they have something that's an affliction that's come upon them or something that's debilitating, whatever it would be, that answer is, this is now what life is. Imagine being there when he performed the first miracle. It, the scripture actually says he went about healing all and casting out the devils and performing all these miracles. All He did this all the time. But imagine the first time. Can you imagine the hope just coming alive in someone's mind? Can you imagine they're just getting excited going, I, I thought this was the way life was going to be. For, there's a different life. Oh my gosh, I can get back to normal. But can I tell you, and this is one of the things we brought up in prayer, is isn't it very likely that you're seeing the same thing that I am, that many people don't understand the power of prayer? Many people that are surrounding us that are our friends and our loved ones, our coworkers, and maybe just even acquaintances, they don't understand the power that prayer changes things. And many times get bogged down into this is how life is going to be. See, there were three storms in this experience. See, they experienced getting in the boat. They experienced Jesus saying, we're going to the other side. And they experienced the wild storm. So if you're taking notes, here's the first point. They actually had to deal with a physical storm. You and I are no different. There are physical storms that come against us. And we have to 
weather them, no pun intended. We have to be able to listen and go, okay, we're going to make, we need to batten down the hatches. Maybe we need to hold on to something, but we're going to make it through this. And, and you've heard me say recently, very, very often actually, that the greatest thing isn't when our, our, our faith is tried and when our, our situations, we have troubles that come against us. It isn't that this problem that's here, but it's who is with us in the problem. Who is with us? In the storm. See, they had Jesus in the boat. Jesus would have liked to have seen them respond to the physical storm and go, Jesus said we're making it to the other side, so no matter what storm comes up, it may be a little hairy for a minute, but we're just going to hold on really good because we know God's word, Jesus' word is going to come to pass. Have you ever been on an air? airline a flight and you're you're going and you feel that turbulence and and you like your stomach drops down you know and it's little pockets and you drops down and the the flight attendants they just keep going about their business you know maybe they posture themselves a little bit but have you ever been on one when they run and they buckle themselves down in this like 700 point harness and they're saying please brace yourself and make sure i mean when they get upset and when they get excited then we know we're in for a rough ride. See, that's what was going on with the disciples. And they should have harnessed in and said, okay, Jesus is here with us. He's not going to die. But you see, sometimes we can lose what's going on in our mind. And our mind will start to give us another level. So my second point, if you're taking notes, look for clarity and hope in the middle of the storm. See, they went from the physical storm to an emotional storm. That water and that storm got on the inside of them. And Pastor Sherman, where we were, we've served for many, many years in Florida, used to say, all the water in the entire ocean will not sink your ship, your boat, as long as it's on the outside. Now think about that. A great, huge sea, a lake. And all the water and all the billions of, of gallons of water. I'm sure Michael could tell me how many gallons there are out there. But all of that, and your little boat can just sit there and bob along the top. All of the water, all the gallons that are there will not sink your ship as long as it's outside your boat. But how many of you know it doesn't take very many gallons inside your boat and you'll go down to the bottom? We have to look for clarity and hope. In other words, don't lose hope. Let me say it a little bit more specific. Don't freak out. See, the disciples, they freaked out in this situation. And, and if we're honest, it's real easy for us to freak out too. I'll be the first one in that line saying, man, it is easy to let things freak me out when it doesn't go like I would like it to go. So in recognizing the Word of God in our current situation, and in ones to come. Because as much as we would say in here on the media, this is unprecedented, and, and all of these different things, there's not, you don't have to look that far to see social unrest. You don't have to look that far back to see a pandemic that killed way more people than this. You don't have to look that far back in history to see an economic downfall that knocked everybody out or going back to the Great Depression. It's not unprecedented. We just haven't seen it in our lifetime. 
But we have to recognize that we're all in this together. And if I can make reference to another of the 21 days of prayer, we've got to watch what you say. You've got to watch what's coming out of this mouth of yours and out of my mouth. See, in Proverbs 13, 17, it says, A wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a trustworthy envoy brings healing. So let me just lay it out really, really plain and maybe a little bit forward. What do you bring into the table? Are you bringing trouble or are you bringing healing? Because you can't bring both. Are you bringing trouble that, oh my gosh, everything is terrible, it's, it's, it's horrible? Are you bringing healing to say, hey, we're going to get through this. We're in this together. We're going to make it. See, the next point is we have to deal with the emotional storm. We have to deal with the physical storm, but we have to deal with the emotional storm. Look at this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Therefore, everyone who... Okay, now stop right there. Everyone... So everyone is going to have a choice. So this isn't just for the disciples. This isn't just for the people who follow. This is for me and you today. I fit into everyone, and you have the ability to fall into the everyone as well. Continues on, Jesus says. Here's these words of mine. So practical, put it into our where we're at today. You hear the message, you read the Bible, you, you, you're following along, okay? You hear the word of God, and then the next part says, and puts them into practice, is like, is drawing a comparison to a man, a wise man who built his house on the rock. Look at this. The rain came down, and the streams rose, and the winds blew, and it beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. This is also a very popular message that we talk about fairly often, but Jesus actually gave two analogies. This one was on the rock, and the other one was built on the sand. And we see that while there are two identical houses, one has a foundation, and the other one was just put up, and it's just to look good. It's the Instagram post that everything looks good, and you don't see all of the stuff that's going on. It's the showroom of the car dealership and not the garage. It's where everything's shiny and perfect. It's not where it's greasy and things are broken. Both of them, though, encountered a storm. The rain came to both, and the streams rose on both, and the winds blew on both, and it's like a hurricane beating against both. But one fell and one didn't, and this one we're seeing it didn't fall because it had its foundations. But can I point out one of my favorite parts of this particular parable of Jesus? One was reference to being following the things of God, and the other one was you, you just kind of build life on your own. And it's hollow, and it's empty, and it's, it's easy to fall down. But the storm came to both. When the storm came. We don't like to hear when the storm came. See, we don't like reading in the, in the Bible that Jesus went through a storm. The disciples went through a storm. But you see, it came to both. 
But the ones who were prepared and the ones who had worked on what you would see on the outside along with what is on the inside didn't fall. But the ones that only worked on what you would see and say, now that is really beautiful. And it's only working on what we see on the outside, but there's no foundation. It did fall. But the one that stood was because the foundation was solid. Dr. Henry Cloud is a renowned psychologist. And there's real data from people studying and the psychologists studying our emotions. And here's some things that he said. The foundation of mental health is relationships and connectedness. The relationship, the foundation of mental health is in relationships and connectedness. In other words, the foundation, the thing you can build your house on that you're going to be healthy, it's all about being in relationship and being connected with people. In other words, we can't do life by ourselves. I think it's interesting that when the, the person asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord your God and love others as you love yourself. See, there's connected relationships with God and with one another. And that's what keeps us having mental health. In fact, studies show that your IQ drops 30 points when you're isolated. When you're able to be pulled off to the side and and doing life all by yourself or doing life how you think it should be and you're just all by yourself, you kind of lose some mental acuity. But who are we supposed to be in relationship with if it's relationships and connectivity? We're supposed to be in relationship with God. I just kind of foreshadowed that a minute ago. And then with God's people, connected to God and connected to God's people. Look at this. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Jesus again is speaking, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And man, if you hear nothing else, that's the best part of this message. You may be going through a storm and say, Man, I'm just tired. I'm wore out. I'm weary. I'm burdened. And Jesus says, Hey, let's just draw it all out right here. Come to me, and I will give you rest continues on. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. In other words, he's saying, hey, give me a shot for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your soul for my yoke or my way and the way I've got a life set aside for you is easy and the burden is light. In other words, it's going to be so much better for you than trying to do it on your own. But look at the first words. Just come. Just give God a shot. And, and if you don't know that it's part of us all connected up, even in Ephesians chapter 4, it says, From him, God, Jesus, the whole body is joined and held together by every supporting ligament. It grows and builds up itself in love, and each part does its work grows up and builds in love. Everything is based upon love. But look at the center part of that. Is held together by supporting ligaments. Think about our body. I'm able to stand here 
there's so many other things that are going on that we don't see that are supporting and, and causing balance to happen, but it's all held together. See, you could take all the bones that are in my body and put them in a pile, and they're not going to do me any good. It's not going to help me. But when the one is put into the other one and the ligaments are supporting and holding it all together, we're able to have structure. We're able to have this ability to live the way God designed us. Let me say it like this. The structure is purpose and routine. Again, this is from Dr. Cloud. But, but the structure of our living our lives of purpose and routines, think about purpose. It's the word repent. Remember, it means to change your purpose. So if I'm living a purpose over here outside of God and just doing my own thing, and, and now I start following God and I start repurposing or I start changing my purpose, which is simply the word. It's not a religious word. It's have all these crazy connotations to repent. It just literally means to change your purpose. Hey, I had a purpose for this, and now I'm going to repurpose it over here. That provides structures and routines. Routines can be getting up to pray at 6 o'clock in the morning for 21 days of prayer. It can be reading the one-year Bible. It can be doing the first 15. So the, the first thing I do in the morning is to have five minutes of worship and five minutes of reading the one-year Bible and Five minutes of bringing my petitions to God and listening to Him. Pastor Chris said it this way There is beauty in trust and self control. And I want to break that down a little bit for you. The beauty of trust and self control. Trust means don't try to control what you can't. And the wisest thing you'll learn and the greatest day of revelation will be when you realize that there are things in your life that you absolutely cannot control. And then there are things that only you can control. So trust is don't try to control what you can't. And self-control is do control what you can and he went on in the, the message that I heard him talk about this to go talk about the serenity prayer. And, and there's actually a longer part of it. And, and for the sake of time, I'm not going to go into that. But you understand that. We have to recognize there are things that I can control. That storm, that physical storm, the storm we may be going through with COVID-19 or the storm that may be affecting you or afflicting you, causing all these things, you can't control that. But you do have self-control over some things. And that is your emotions. That is your faith and where you're putting your foundations in. See, you can be destroyed emotionally when you try to control what you can't. Now, I want to say that again. You can be destroyed emotionally when you try to control what you can't. So if I spend my time trying to control things that I have no control over, it can destroy me emotionally. An action step from Dr. Cloud, he says, make a list of the things that you can't control. Those things that you wish you could, but you just don't have any control over. Just make, make a list over all of them. Write them all down. And then he says, just um, carve out some time and spend 10 minutes 
just letting your worries all run crazy and run rampant on, on this whole list. And oh my gosh, what if that happens? And oh my, and go through all of that stuff for 10 minutes. And when 10 minutes is up, you're going to throw it away. Maybe put it in a shredder and it's done with. See, you can't control it anyway. But it's a healthy action step to say, okay, I'm going to write these things down and then I'm going to say, God, I see it's going to go there. And then there's a scripture that is also embroidered and usually on a lot of plaques and walls. And, and if you go to a kid's church or you grew up in Sunday school, it's probably one of the memory verses you would have had. It's Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. Can it get any more plain than that? See, we have to have trust in God and the things I can't control. And I'm going to lean unto my, not lean not unto my own understanding in the things that I can't control. But here's the part of me being able to do the things, my self-control, the things that I can do. Verse 6, but in all your ways, submit to Him. In other words, give it all over to Him. Surrender. Just say, God, I'm going to stop doing things my way. And I'm going to try and do things your way. And look at this. And he will make your paths straight. Trust in what you can't control is trusting in God. I've already said it. It's surrender. So the third storm, I, I told you there's three storms even in this one. So the first was the physical storm. And the second was the emotional storm. But the third one is dealing with the spiritual storm. These disciples, these people that were with Jesus and seen the first miracle and then seen the second one and, the, and all the different ones and just being wowed by all the different things, they said, who is he even? Who is this man that even the waves and the storm and, and all of nature will obey him? See, they hadn't come to the understanding and the revelation in their mind spiritually they had a storm going on that they didn't recognize who Jesus was so how does that affect you and me we didn't know fill in the blank about you Jesus and how many of us are unaware of the spiritual dynamic of what God is doing See, there may be a physical storm going on over here, but God is always at work, even in the chaos. Will you bow your heads with me? I love that. God is at work, even in the chaos. Now you look at me and say, Pastor Kevin, how is this possible? How is this possible that I can trust in God when things seem to be like the disciples going all amiss? It's simply about changing your mind and trusting the things you can't control. You can't control them anyway. And give God a try. Say, God, I'm going to put this in your hands and I'm going to leave this. I'm going to take that scripture that Pastor Kevin talked about and you said, come to me and give me a shot. So if that's you, I want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, right now I choose to give up doing it my way. I surrender 
my life to you. I ask you to forgive me for every time that I've missed it, and I receive your new life. Thank you for giving your life for me. Today, I give my life to you. Thank you for being with me in the storms. I choose to place my trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Father, I pray for everyone who prayed that prayer. Lord, I pray for every one of us to be challenged to let go of the things we can't control. To not let the physical storms get inside of us and start causing an emotional problem. And Lord, that we'll recognize that there's a spiritual thing that's happening, that you're in control. You have a plan. You have a purpose. You have all these things going on, even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of this wild storm. We give you all the glory, all the honor. Amen. Now, if you made that that decision and you prayed that prayer with me, I want to ask you to take the next step, and that's simply to text the word CONNECT to 469-289-1114. And that's simply the text communication system that we have, so we're able to tell you and communicate with you what your next steps are if you would like to take them. No one's going to pressure you. No one's going to spam you. It's just simply a way for us to connect with you. And I encourage you to invite somebody to take this journey with you. And maybe you, as you're thinking about this message today in the, in your, the notes, you, someone will come to mind and say, you know, they really could use that, that same word, that same understanding that, man, there's things we can't control and there's things we can control and we need to put them in the right place. I just encourage you to invite them to take that journey with us. And if maybe this is your first time joining us, the, we'd love it if you would also let us know. And maybe you, you didn't pray that prayer with us, or maybe you want to be a part of letting know what's going on. You can simply text the word WELCOME to that same number, 469-289-1114, and we'll be able to stay in touch with you as well. Let's pray as we close. Father, I just speak blessings over everyone who's taking this journey. Lord, I speak blessings over everyone that's participating in 21 days of prayer. Lord, as we have one more week to fulfill and another week to go through, and those who are fasting a meal or a day or several days, God, that you would just be there with them and, and give them the, the strength and the purpose. Lord, even as we looked at last week, that with something we're supposed to be intentional with. Lord, we give you the praise and what you are there with us in the physical storms and that you're able to help us to overcome the emotional storms. And Lord, to see that there's a spiritual storm that can come against us if we're not careful. Lord, I thank you for everyone. Father, I speak a blessing over to everyone who's paid their tithes and their offerings. Lord, the ones who gave a special seed this week, Lord, and the different ones, Lord, I just thank you for the people we were able to help this week. and. The, the different situations and the excitement that is a part of all those things and people's lives being changed. We give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Stay tuned to the end for ways that you can connect and give.